Hey guys, welcome back to Nerd Talk. This is Jordan Halstead, your host. Super excited to be talking about Thor. We're talking MCU Phase 1 film. This is the fourth installment of the MCU. And so today I have Will and Mike with me. Guys, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Of course. We've tackled bigger. <laughs> like like he says in the movie. Yeah, I caught that one. That He's was fighting. good. Yeah. <laughs> Fault bigger. Um. You know, Thor being the fourth installment in the MCU, do you guys feel that this fit well with what Marvel was doing in that time frame? Because at that point, we'd had two Iron Man films and an Incredible Hulk film. And so at the beginning of building a universe, do you feel like Thor was done properly or did it feel somewhat out of place? We have Captain America at that point yet? No, at this point, uh, it was announced and they after. were in the working, but it hadn't happened yet. It comes like right after. Okay. Just checking on you. See if we had even, you know, that yet. I don't think we did, but um, yeah, I thought that um, like the MCU was just trying to get its, you know, gather its footing. You know, they're trying this new thing, and they were trying like, okay, what's going to work? What's not going to work? And I feel like we're going to talk a lot about that as we go through this podcast. But um, what what worked for them? What didn't work for them? But I felt like Thor was so different that it kind of worked because it was something like we had never seen before i agree with that i think that it wasn't because you know we didn't just have three superhero films before it like we've had blade we've had spider-man's we've had fantastic fours x-men i mean you name it it was already there it may not have been a part of the connected universe and really at this point there was one scene in iron man 2 a leading to it you had a crossover character being agent colson and that was kind of it, right? There wasn't too much else crossover wise at that point. So, nope. It was steps at this point. It yeah, was it phase was one. It was baby steps. You you didn't see too much involvement from like outside characters, and I think that that's what helped cement Thor as a prominent character moving forward. Um, and I I think I liked that. So, what about you, Will? I think. I've heard this analogy described with about phase one movies uh, pretty well with the MCU, but like, I, I like a lot of phase one. One, I think Thor is my least favorite and it's for the silliest reason. Uh, girls I dated around this time were obsessed with Chris Hemsworth. So I've always had this like chip on my shoulder. I'm like, mm, why don't you like Captain America? Thor sucks. <laughs> but uh, I mean, this, I mean, this year, like we got a ton in 2010, I believe we had a lot of movies coming out that year. We had this Captain America, the first Avenger green lantern, which I, to this day, uh, I, I will fully admit, I was going like, that one's going to be, that one's going to be handled better than this one. Well, and, and I remember <laughs> going, class. I remember going to a convention where they said like on our flight back, it was an international youth convention. I think it was uh San Antonio. It was the 2008. Um, and so I remember specifically reading this article that my dad gave me and it said, who's going to win the blockbuster of that summer. Is it going to be Thor or is it going to be Green Lantern? And for me, having just started like really liking Green Lantern and, and understanding that character a little bit more, I was like, oh, it's hands down, it's going to be Green Lantern. Like, there's there is no doubt in my mind, and I feel like absolutely that we were we were all expecting, especially like after the the Dark Knight movies, we were like, oh man, yeah, like the Dark Knight had just happened two thousand eight, and like we were right in this this pinnacle of all this happening. And I think that it just it flopped versus what Thor did, and I think Thor was the yeah. better of the two films. I think I was very, but but going into this, I think I was very healthily skeptical. I mean, we had image of this as like Hemsworth at the time, even though I was just telling the Micah this right before we recorded. Though I didn't, I didn't love the blonde eyebrows. It's it's, it's weird going back in hindsight. I'm like, oh, they 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 went with that. Why did they do that? Um, like the costumes and everything was looking great. Kenneth Branagh is a very like Shakespearean like kind of like trained actor and going gone director i'm like and you got freaking uh uh hannibal lecter over here as odin because I, I was re-watching it before that and like tom hiddleston brilliant as loki but we'll get into that later but it just i was just like uh i don't know too much about this character but i know it's, it's kind of weird and like it could go one of two ways and i, I mean they did a solid job solid little solid, solid double hit there with this one i think yeah, and even like at the end of the um sorry jordan but no like you're at the good. end of the uh I kind of, Will and I both kind of rewatched it this afternoon um, when we found out that we were going to record this episode today. So like, I I caught part of it this afternoon, and I I noticed at the end uh, we talked about it a couple episodes back where they were like Marvel's kind of getting back to where they're like 
this person will return, right? And yeah. They don't give a post credit scene. So like in Thor, it says Thor will return in the Avengers, and then like the post credit scene was him just you know look or uh, Selvig. Uh, running into Nick Fury and him showing him the Tesseract and then Loki's and Loki in the shadow. Weapon. Yeah. And they're yeah, like yeah. that reflection. Oh, so, like, that was it. But that was it. Right. There was not, it had really had nothing to do with Thor other than, Hey, it was his brother. And then the crazy doctor that was in the movie with him. So <laughs> kind of weird. They don't really follow through with that post credit scene. If we can just jump into that topic really quickly. I mean, yeah, uh, he will use his like little mind uh, stone scepter later to control Selvik, but I'm like, was he controlling Selvik the whole time leading up to that? I mean, they don't really, in my opinion, don't really follow through, but maybe he did that whole time and we just didn't know it. I, yeah, I, I'm not 100% I, sure. I, I think that that's just kind of one of those, I, I mean, Micah, we, we talk about this one a lot with whoever's on the, on the episode, whether it's Scott or Will, um, really whoever shows up in these episodes. We talk about there's rabbit trails that they go down and now like we're in phase four and they're going back to some of those that they never finished through. And they're going through and, and redoing stuff now. And I think that, you know, maybe we'll see something like that with maybe Loki season two. I really don't know because that Loki specifically didn't go through the events of uh, Thor the Dark World, Age of Ultron, Ragnarok, Infinity War. Like, this Loki did not go through that. This is a very different Loki. This is the fresh off of Avengers. So maybe they'll say something. I don't know. Uh, but I think, I think this movie, it is my... Le- I'm going to claim this one as my least favorite in phase one. Um, not that it was a bad movie. It is just my least favorite. Like, it's not one I like to go back and watch uh, for multiple reasons. And we'll kind of get into that as we go. But I think that this episode or this specific movie, it was done well. I liked the casting, uh, especially when Hawkeye shows up. Uh, that was one of my, my favorite moments because I was like, ooh, there's an archer and I was getting into uh, getting ready right around that time for arrow and like they'd been talking about arrow and I got into archery a little bit and I was like this is actually really cool um, and so I thought that was just a really cool way to, to slowly sprinkle him in because that's so uh, one of thing makes you really appreciate uh, Natasha in black with in uh, Iron Man 2 a little bit more because like to actually give her more stuff oh to yeah do a little bit where he had he had one scene hey, and he didn't I'm even gonna... fire the arrow like, yeah. like we watching what if when he fires the arrow and it's like, oh, well, yeah, he probably would have killed Thor in that moment. Um, and at that moment, we didn't have a clue who Hawkeye was. And I think now by phase four with his own TV show, it, we appreciate Clint Barton so much more than what his initial reaction was. But I think it comes back to Micah's thought process is you sprinkled Hawkeye in just enough to be like, who is that? I want more of that. Like. Bring him in more, and then like finally did in Age of Ultron. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. You saw. I saw. I saw it coming. I saw. I saw the wheels turning. You saw the wheels. I saw it turning. So yeah, but Will, I think he beat you to it because he was listing off all those movies. I did. I did. You did. I did. I did. Did. So we've all said Age of Ultron in this episode so far. Yes. We got it all. We hit the trifecta. Good job, guys. Guys. I I hope that our listeners are finally catching on to the fact that we try to hit age of Ultron in every episode now. Cause it's just kind of this running joke. So, um, what if, what if it, I thought about this the other day, guys, but what if the Eternals was this generation's version of Avengers age of Ultron, meaning <laughs> that like people that were really skeptical of it will be like, Oh, that was great in 10 years. Like we are with age of Ultron. Kind of like it's, it's a building block movie that it like continually like yes. gets better every time because stuff. I think that's what Thor originally was. I think there's probably one of those films in every single phase. And it, like one specific that it builds off of because Thor, I I'll be honest when it first came out, I said that movie was awful. It sucked. It, it just was not done well. And like when it first came out, but then after watching Avengers, I went back and watched Thor and I realized how much planting they did. And then you realize, OK, I really like Loki, but I like Loki because he was like planted so well in Thor that he wasn't just this villain they killed off, that he was a villain that came back. And then like Thor, you see some roots and some character development as it goes. And I think if it weren't for some of the, the storytelling and the pl- and the seeds that were planted in the first movie, you would not get the amazing storytelling that comes with the Dark World, uh, Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron, you get uh, Infinity War, like Ragnarok, you wouldn't see, like some of that still goes back to original Thor. And I think that that 
is the original Age of Ultron, and now we've got the Age of Ultron that we give a lot of crap to because they're now paying a lot of homage to that. And then, like you said, Eternals. I have no doubt Eternals will will be the next uh, Age of Ultron, Thor kind of thing. I think they had an issue, not an issue, but a potential like the, the the Superman issue where like Thor is a god, and if they just if they made him completely unrelatable and they didn't do this humbling story uh, like they did based on the JMS run in the comics, you, you could have easily had him like be like too godly and everybody worshiping him, or uh, they could have like. I don't know if you guys would have. I, I don't know. You could have just made him too unrelatable and too overpowered. And they like they did a great job of showing like, oh hey, this guy needed to learn some humility. And oh yeah. Become a better person. And I, I mean, the storyline they chose like because a, a thing I was, tr- I was trying to do before all these movies was try to read like the comics uh, they were basing some of the stuff on, and the one where he fights the Destroyer and all that is like a big chunk of the Marvel comics from like the early two thousands, and. Because all that other stuff is like, oh, ye verily, and all that stuff. Because when they when they do that with Thor, sometimes even though that is his character, I'm like, I, I can't deal with this too much, guys. Well, it, it gets a little wild. But well, also they take <laughs> enough from comic books that like in this time, because I feel like now we're in phase four. You can you can follow some of the storylines, and you hit like when you hit Civil War and Infinity War, Endgame, you've got enough source material that you're pulling directly from, and now we're getting more comic book accurate suits we're getting more comic accurate stories i mean they're still taking liberties and changing things and writing new stories like uh falcon and the winter soldier i've never seen anything specifically like that in comics um there was like some adaptations from what i've noticed but it was very much its own story where like thor like it sprinkled in a little bit of a few different storylines um and, and they really focused on the am i worthy but like i love that they even sprinkled in the donald blake reference when because because like a lot of people who are thor fans have no idea that in comics he actually has a human alter ego um and they started to kind of play back at that when it came to ragnarok right when he has the umbrella and it's mjolnir dressed as the umbrella and it's supposed to be he's donald blake but people know oh hey that's thor like he didn't actually like change actors or anything um it kind of has that I think Shazam effect, right? This franchise has. Sorry to cut you off. There. Oh no, you're good. It is not getting the guy from Adventures in Babysitting who was the Thor uh, that the little girl was looking up to in yeah. all these movies. I mean, hey, Thor, Love and Thunder. It's a possibility. I mean, but, there's there's a lot that can come with it, but I think that the MCU chose to go a specific way, and they. I mean, I like the Thor they chose. I like the the mentality, and uh, as Micah has said in many of our podcast episodes. Thor is the character that has taken the beat the biggest beating um it's the one that has the most like to lose he he is or he has lost the most um he he didn't lose his life but he's lost mom dad brother 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 because he Loki pretty much dies in every movie he's in <laughs> um or sister. you think he's dead um so I sister yeah sister um his, his whole kingdom. his kingdom and then not only just his kingdom but his people too so like he lost the physical castle and then his people when when thanos attacked and so then it's like a lot smaller of a group and he he willingly gives that away at the end of Endgame, and he goes off to become an asgardian of the galaxy his love life yeah oh yeah uh his friends that he lost in the avengers yeah like his his fellow co-workers. Uh, maybe or... he's going to get some back in Love and Thunder, though. Maybe he's going to start rebuilding that family. Or maybe sacrifice himself to so they can have a better life. I, we'll, we were speculating about that before we started recording. Yeah, so, uh, with, with Thor Love and Thunder coming out, like you, you don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully, and, and I, I hope it's a crazy ride for us, but I hope that he gets some type of redemption and like he gets a little bit of love. Because I feel like he has gone so far without getting the love um, that he deserves from from the franchise. I feel like he's taken the biggest beating out of everybody, but he also can handle it. He's a few thousand years old. I hope he can still handle it. My one of my favorite Thor scenes, and we're getting like way off topic. But oh, it's all good. Uh, is in Avengers Endgame when he's on the ship with the Guardians, <laughs> and he's like, "Of course." Yeah. He's like, he's "We he's know who's in like, charge well, here." Of yeah, course. He's, he's just looking at him like, I'm going to take this ship from you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is why I, then, I always then, make the joke as Guardian of the Galaxy. And then uh, Drax is over there like, you should fight. <laughs> yeah, he eggs it on. <laughs> so, well, I'm I love guessing it. he's the reason. I, I'm guessing he he's going to be the actual one using the bow flex that uh, Star-Lord said he was going to get. 
uh, because I, I've, have you seen the pictures? Like he, the, oh, those muscles yeah, are really yeah. oiled up, and I'm like, oh yeah, he lost that belly, baby. Love it. Like, oh, yeah. I, I can't wait for that montage. <laughs> I hope we get an '80s, uh, '90s montage scene where he's just like, f- just going at it, wearing a headband. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Um. So back to well, Thor, because I, I do prepared for us. Yes, <laughs> I do. I do want to circle us back. Um. You know, we were talking a little bit about Loki, and and Loki is this overarching villain that keeps showing up, but he's not the main villain in every single movie. We have other villains that that are kind of the mains. And and in this one, we had the Frost Giants. Uh, What did you think about the Frost Giants' appearance, their size, their their story? Because I feel like that's not a character that most people will know who they are. Like for me, being a, a comic book reader, I typically read DC versus Marvel. Um, but as a moviegoer, I feel like it was done really well, like from a, a visual standpoint. So, what are your guys' thoughts on the Frost Giants? Do you think that they were too dry of characters? They were um, not deep enough. Uh, were they overly complex? Do you think that they had too much screen time? Like, what what are your thoughts on that? I think that like you're going to ask us this later about the destroyer, the fight scene with the destroyer and Thor at the end of the movie. But like, I think that they should have done more with the frost giants in this movie, given them more of an identity. I mean, we knew who they were, but like, I wish they would have done more. Like if that would have been the main, I don't know, main enemy, like, you know, Loki, you know, makes a deal with the devil and he has to, he gets in over his head and they end up fighting them at the end of the movie rather than Thor and the destroyer. And then, you know, ultimately Loki just falling through the sky. Um, and the other thing, like, I talked about one of my favorite scenes in Avengers Endgame, but one of my favorite parts of this movie is when, you know, Thor is so arrogant and so cocky about, you know, just destroying all the uh, the Frost Giants when he goes and he eggs them on um, after they break into Asgard. He, he is like, Father, you're finally here. We can do this together. And then Odin looks at him and he's like, silence. <laughs> It's yeah, like even, though a, he's, even though he's thousands of years old, he, he yeah, he's like, like a fourteen-year-old. Yeah, like, like, hey, 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 hey. But the but the, but Odin's reaction, silence. <laughs> he's like, tell him to basically just shut up so we can get out of here. And so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like they could have done more with that. Do you guys? Will do you think that? Frost giants. I, I mean, with when we're dealing with these like, the Norse mythology stuff, and I mean, I think they were a necessary part of setting up Loki at least, because I mean, we got the them Loki. I would say is kind of the main antagonist, stirring things on. Even Thor's his own worst enemy in this, leading to the Destroyer and all that in the third act. Uh, but I mean, I think they were a necessary part to set up what's going on with Loki and all that. Like I just speaking of that scene where they're fighting the frost giants even if people who aren't going to read go search out the comics like us or do a quick wikipedia search uh, it, the, the movie telling language just of them touching him and then like it's not affecting him shows like hey there's something going on with that loki guy like why why didn't that affect him i mean granted he can throw illusions and stuff but it's like oh no like he actually got him he's a frost giant and he's he's an adoptive son because that was that, that's well i mean like he at least and, changed and, colors too so there it wasn't just yeah. like oh, I got burned. No, it was like a, oh, he changed blue. Wait, that's different. Yeah, absolutely. And then just, yeah. Uh, I I don't like the, the, the Frost Giants that we meet that like try to attack and all that. But like, if we're going into the Loki stuff, it's like, yeah, like he has that huge chip on his shoulder that even, God forbid, if Thor died, would Odin yield up the throne to him or, or whatnot? And like throughout this movie, it's like, no. And he's always... He's always just going to be similar to we like to talk about Star Wars and Darth Vader. He's just always not going to be granted that rank of master, what he wants. So he's like, I might as well like turn everybody against each other and do this weird manipulative plot to get my brother outcast and take over by force. So we give it to Hela before we give it to Loki. (laughs) He probably would. (laughs) Just knowing like how he is. So, (laughs) Micah, you started to talk about something and I, I wanted to hop on this. Do you feel like there were too many villains in this movie? Because you had, like, the Frost Giants being a group of villains. You had Loki as the main antagonist for this one. And I I think Loki having this as his main antagonist film was good. But do you think that they kind of killed off the the Frost Giants kind of too early? Um, Do you feel like having the Destroyer was too much? And, and Will, you can hop in on this too, but... Uh, do you guys feel like there were too many villains in this that it just it was kind of unbalanced? Like, 
not enough storytelling because I feel like too much was jam-packed at certain moments where I didn't get enough of an understanding of the Frost Giants. I think the Frost Giants could have played into like the Dark World where, where the, like a second movie. I think they could have played better than the Dark Elves were at that moment because they were still trying to figure things out. But uh, what are your guys' thoughts about how many villains there were? Oh, it's it's kind of interesting. Like, and Will and I had this before we started recording. We had this conversation, but like, I think that uh, you know, two things. One, I think you could have incorporated the Frost Giants more in this film if Thor wasn't on Earth trying to figure things out. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, he was on Earth and he was trying to like figure out how he could get his hammer back and how it could be worthy again, and he was you know helping Jane Foster and like trying to figure his life out and trying to get back to, to Asgard. And, you know, you know, then he ends up, you know, once he gets his armor back and all that stuff and he ends up, you know, with the destroyer and that whole scene. But I think they could have incorporated frost giants. I don't know how they would have done that. I feel like they missed the mark with that. But yeah. It felt like very much like at the beginning of the movie, you had the frost giants here. And then towards the end of the movie, you had the destroyer and the frost giants went away because they had that little battle scene at the beginning of the movie. Like, the other part of that, the part that I was talking to Will with before we started recording was like the dark world gets a lot of hate um, and I'm not going to bat for it, but similar to like Captain America, the Winter Soldier Civil War, like Captain America, the Winter Soldier was really like the movie that set Captain America, right? Yeah. You guys would agree with that as avid Captain America fans. Like what if dark world would have never happened and Thor Ragnarok would have been the second installment of Thor and then you know Love and Thunder would have been the third and then like the storytelling was that good you know what I mean like I feel like they could have went anywhere with it and my whole point of that bringing that up is that you know I feel like this was early on in the MCU they were early on in the storytelling and they were just throwing everything against the wall that that hope you know would hope one or two good ideas would stick, and then they were they were moving forward with it. Like they were still young and naive. Like, is this even going to take off? And like, look where they are now. Obviously, with all these movies and all these series. But like back then, it was like, hmm, it could be crappy writing, it could be crappy acting, it could be crappy storytelling. I don't know. Does all that make sense? Like, yeah, I I think that it's kind of like the infant mentality. Like they are learning as they're going. Yes. Like yep. they they, like, they didn't know exactly if that because in reality at this time frame that they're pushing these movies out you're seeing movies with two three films and and that's it where Thor like, is now a four movie installment. And probably Captain America the first Avenger out of the the out of phase 1 I've probably seen that one the least mm. out of all of them. And it's not because I don't like it. It's just because it it's just it it just felt so drastically different cuz like the Winter Soldier is a fantastic film. Like, it doesn't even compare, I think, to the first Avenger. Right? So, like, same thing with Ragnarok. I think Ragnarok blows the Dark World and, and the first Thor movie out of the water. I just think it's a fantastic film. I think so, my issue with the Dark World is we, we all the trailers were kind of setting us up, like, even though, like, we knew Jane Foster was going to get the ether in, or even though we didn't know what it was at the time, it just seemed like we were going to be traveling between all the nine realms, doing some pickup post Avengers and all that stuff. Since the Rainbow Bridge got broken and we couldn't, they couldn't go save everybody. And I mean, just early rumblings when we were looking into all that stuff is like, oh, the Thor's going to be traveling worlds. He's going to be fighting this and that. It's like, oh, that's cool. And I think I was telling you this too. Malekith is actually really menace, menacing and Christopher Eccleston is from Doctor Who and they give him like nothing to do <laughs> in that and then even though we get like the like the cool backstory with uh Odin's uh grandfather in that one even we get we're getting really off topic we did we don't like the Thor movies that much do we? yeah except Ragnarok except Ragnarok I'm kidding no no, no. I mean like yeah. <laughs> I, I like the first Thor movie but like yeah. to answer Jordan's question I yeah. think that they went all over the place with like several different stories mm -hmm. like he's talking about the villains he's talking yeah. about like you know, the Defender, he was talking about the Frost Giants, he's talking about, like, Loki and stuff like that. I think you can package Loki and the, the, the Frost Giants together because he's considered one of those. I think that they, sh they should have went into more depth with that story, just explaining, like, like because there's the part in, in the first Thor movie when, when um, Loki's confronting Odin, and he's like, tell me who I am. Tell me. He, like, screams at him, and that's the part where Odin, like, goes into the coma or whatever, but, like, sleep <laughs> yeah he just goes to sleep on the stairs and he's like i need help but which is kind of lame i thought that was lame but um, he, he's a nap but even yeah. if they have to address it in the movie <laughs> yeah so like 
I think that they could have done more with like explaining, you know, Loki's I mean, errors. frankly, they throw a lot in this movie. Like, they I, did. If you if you would have told me like back in 2010, we're going to get worthy adaptations of the Warriors three Sif and throw all these villains in there. And it was going to be like a six or seven out of 10 movie. I was like, whatever you're lying. But then, but I watched, I'm like, Ooh, Jamie Alexander. Like this is before wonder woman was even on the table. I'm like, Jamie Alexander could be wonder woman easily. But I mean, this, it might be too samey. She might get typecast. And then the warriors three, I'm like, I don't know who these guys are. They're kind of like, Thor's, there, there's a lot of stuff in there, but I, I do think the Destroyer is like is kind of like the the muscle that Loki doesn't have that he needs, and the Frost Giants. I mean, Loki had to betray somebody and try to uh, manipulate. And tr- uh, what's what the tie some loose ends up and do all that stuff. So I think that they everyone gets enough time, but after like Thor's mother. So like that. So then later on, when we come to Avengers Endgame, she gets that redemption for being cast in these movies like oh yeah you're here Freya go ahead and talk to us and give us some sage wisdom over here so uh, some stuff gets shafted and then Odin goes to sleep even though you have like the brilliant actor uh, over here uh freaking I am blanking right now (laughs) um I'll just say Hannibal Lecter you guys know what I'm talking about (laughs) oh um Anthony uh Hopkins Anthony Hopkins yeah, Hopkins. Yeah, I, I mean, just there's so much awesome stuff going on here. And then having to set up all this North mythology stuff along with the villains and all the Thor comic lore, like it could have it could have been handled a lot worse. I think. Yeah. I, I'm gonna take this one real quick. I I truly think that had they focused and not used the the Defender, and they would have immediately just gone in and said, "This is gonna be an Earth battleground movie, and we're gonna set up the Frost Giants." And they're going to kind of start to, to, well, Odin said not to, but we're going to kind of go and do our own thing. And they go and attack Earth again and allow that to be that moment where, like, Thor's hammer falls. He has to hurry and figure out who he is, but not do so much of the the worthy portion. I think they could have done pushed that to, like a, a, like, towards later in the film that he had to figure out if he was worthy and done, like, the final fight with it. And I think had they they even said it a little bit before Jane Foster, even like before World War Two and done like a time period piece where he has to help save Earth. And then like that's where some more mythology comes from. That's where we find some more Thor and like kind of, you know, how Eternals did where they they set up multiple times that you see them. Um, I think that would have been really cool. You could have seen um, a few few interchanging pieces. Because then you could have you with Eternals you could have turned around and then like had Thor show up with uh, what is um Cujo is it, is it not Cujo King Joe um they could have had this this really cool moment where you see like a, a hey this I'm hanging out with Thor um and I think that that was a missed opportunity uh that you because there were just too many stories like you guys were saying there's just too much going on in this film um as a whole I don't think that it's a bad film. I think that it just, there were too many villains. Uh, like, like Will was saying, the defenders, the muscle that Loki didn't have, but why do you need the muscle when you can outthink the literal muscle? Thor is a muscle. He's a walking muscle. And I, I think that you don't need muscle to go against muscle. You, you've seen, uh, Superman face off with Grod or, uh, not Grodd, um, Zod. And you've seen Batman take on, on, uh, Bane. And you see like all these muscle, muscle fights, but you don't always see an intellect mischievous character take on bronze and like make Thor kind of have to use his bronze and his brains a little bit more and uh, have to figure out how to do some leadership skills. I think that would have been way, way cooler to have to fight some of those guys. So that that's the thing too. The movie, the movie landscape was different than like, it had to be like mm, big muscle big versus big muscle over there. And I was just tripping myself out based on my camera over here. Like, like recording this now in phase four, like, we're not going to back in 2010, we, we would not have a vision versus vision, like br- brain brain off over here about the ship of Theseus or like the Dr. Strange groundhog day. Like, Oh, I've Dormammu have come to bargain. Like we, we weren't going to get that in 2008, 2010. Like, no. And Marvel I, is... I think that comes back to the, the statement I made earlier. It's like infancy. You're watching them grow up and you're watching them have to think things through and and ask people, hey, how can we better instill into these characters? I think your your main Avengers were your muscle powerhouse kind of team. They didn't. It was kind of your bread and butter. 
uh, that's what sold. We knew we could build off that. And then they started to get more intricate when you got Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, Spider-Man, uh, Black Panther. You start to introduce Scarlet Witch and Vision. You start adding all these other characters and it starts creating a bigger and cooler universe. So, are you guys glad that Thor had to find redemption in this film? Do you like the the redemption aspect, or do you think that it was wasted being so early in the MCU with having to find that? Mike, I want to start with you on that one. I think that, like, we were, in this this movie specifically, I think that his um, redemption was just a little taste of what we were going to get over all, like, what we're continuing to see even today. You mean, like, kind of like it, it kind of laid it out like a hey here's a small taste of what the bigger map is going to look like for this character yeah and like what i meant by like what i was saying a little bit earlier like if we would have been like ragnarok instead of the dark world and then like love and thunder like sort of like rearranging some of his story i don't think that we would have got where we are today without some of the stuff he went through regardless of whether we like the first storm movie whether we like the dark world whether we like ragnarok i think Basically, his path and his story would have never happened had... Had this film not laid that foundation, right? Correct. And I mean, like like you said, like anything's possible. They could go back and fix any of the stuff that they want to. Basically, with the multiverse, they can do whatever they want. You know what I mean? Like, they can just revisit oh, yeah. like that. You know, they did, you know, they did that so well with... Um, what were we talking about the other day where it was like, you know, they've gone back and... Uh, kind of just sealed like even with spider-man no way home that's a great example of that like if you weren't a big fan of like the toby Maguire ones like they kind of they fixed it up. yeah they they yeah, tied it up put a big bow on it up. yeah they basically closed the trilogy of the first three tom holland spider-mans and they're going to start you know basically fresh with three new ones you know moving forward so like th- basically can they can do whatever they want i don't think they'll mess with it um i think thor's loved um Chris Hemsworth loved as Thor and like, you know, especially with what they're going to do with the guardians, uh, the third guardians installment plus, uh, Thor love and thunder. Maybe he rides off into the sunset. Maybe he does another one. Maybe he goes, you know, makes an appearance in one of these Disney plus series, who knows like what they're going to do moving forward. But I think, um, anything's on the table at this point. Like he can, I think Chris Hemsworth is invested, you know, as the character. And so, yeah. What do you think? You know, I I started thinking about this with with him longevity wise. I think that the redemption like you I, I, I think that you are spot on that it started his redemption arc um, because he lost everything. And I think that we've hit this point that we're going to see it redone again. Like there will be redemption and it will move forward that he will start to mentor Jane Foster as she becomes the mighty Thor Um as, as we start to see uh, different pieces coming into play, I think that he's gone through enough that we're going to see him still have challenges, um, but I think that we're going to start to see a more progressed Thor that he will kind of grow up a little bit. Um, I think Endgame really had him beat. Uh, I mean, that's why we have Fat Thor or Bro Thor, whichever one you want to call him. I know Lego sets <laughs> call him Bro Thor. Um, and so with that, I think that, you know, hopefully moving forward, they will just love him a little bit more, give him a little bit more uh, limelight uh, and and make him a prominent character. Uh, I think one of the challenges that they're going to face is him moving forward and him wanting to be that character and him being Thor, um, who is more of an immortal character um, compared to characters like Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, Chris Evans, uh, Captain America. Thor will still continue to live on and so you can continue to push movies where he really doesn't die. Um, you, I mean, you would literally have to kill that character off or just kind of write him off into the sunset. So, like, he's going to go and do his own adventuring um, solo. And, and, oh, and they, and they kind of did that, too, Jordan. Like, not to cut you off. But oh, like, yeah. I was thinking about that just as you were talking. Like, I think, you know, um, he was in the first Avengers movie. He wasn't in Age of Ultron. Yeah, oh, he was. He was. He wasn't. He wasn't in Civil War. You're right. He wasn't in Civil War, but he was in Age of Ultron briefly. Like he wasn't in there like a ton. Like he was. Uh, he was more. I think he was more involved in the first Avengers, and then well, because because in the second finished. one, he goes to Selvig. Uh, he like leaves the team when they get yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to Barton's, and so like, yeah. 
He's not like with the group is what I'm saying. Like he's just not like He starts to kind of distance himself a little bit. Correct. And then like in Infinity War, like he's out in space. Oh yeah, he's that. not even with the team until like the last what thirty minutes of the movie. Yep, and you know, uh Banner's like, You guys are in so much trouble now, like because Thor's come to Wakanda and you know, he's gonna just destroy everything because he just got his new axe and you know, all this stuff. But like all that to say, like, I think that he He's another one, like, I think second to Doctor Strange, like, in, in regards to our quote-unquote sprinkling characters in. Like, he he can remain that moving forward. He can be sprinkled in as much as he wants. He can make an appearance as much as he wants, come, you know, come and go. Like, he could be like a, uh, I don't know what a good term for it is, but, like, he could he could make the appearance and he could go, come in and just destroy everybody and, you know, walk away. And then come back in three movies yeah, same thing. Walk away. Um, I th- I kind of like how they sprinkled Doctor off. Strange in. I think you could sprinkle him in and out of movies, like what you're saying. Yeah, and I don't think he has to like be in a main topic either. And like, I don't think he has to quote unquote like right off into the sunset. Like, you know, I was before we start recording tonight. Like, uh, Avengers Endgame was on TV, and like I caught the last ten minutes of it, and you know, it was when Captain America gives Sam the shield and all that stuff, and you know, he truly rode off into the sunset. Now we don't know what they're going to do with the multiverse and stuff moving forward. But like, or if they even that, decide to do like a Disney Plus series, putting back this, like you don't know what. I mean, contract he could right, always re, right, re, right, right. redo. But what I'm saying for for what we know now, like he is. Oh yeah, he's done. He just rode off. Robert Downey Jr.'s dead. Rode off into the sunset. Spoiler alert. So for Thor, what he is still very, very much involved. Went into the solstice sunset. <laughs> oh boo <laughs> but yeah i i agree with you there well the the question on hand is do you feel that the redemption story arc in the first movie was too early do you feel like it was a good starting point to have that redemption and, and like that uh him just, becoming worthy right there man uh, we i think we needed that because re-watching this thorza you can you can put the language clip in here but he's kind of a prick dude he needed he needed this redemption arc or he would have been completely unlikable i think i like i was trying to get get into earlier if you give a god this all this absolute power here he you become completely unrelatable i think that's that's not necessarily my issue with the captain marvel movie but like if you give someone that much power where like they're almost unstoppable on the black order ship or they can take down a whole army of frost giants it's just going like I can't relate to dude. But so, do, do you but think that Thor like that. being a god, do you think that Thor being that, that god kind of character, do we need to relate to Thor? Do you think that he needs to be that relatable character or have a surrounding cast He's that helps? I mean, I think with most of these movies, we want to relate to the protagonist to some degree. I mean, obviously I'm not going to be able to relate to Superman, but like, I think they're, when they do the Clark Kent story, like, I don't need to relate to all like the oh super speed and all that stuff, but I think you can relate to like oh hey I have all this immense weight on my shoulders, and so do I you, want. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pause the, real quick. Do you think that if they would have done an unrelatable character with a few relatable pieces in the movie, like sprinkled in, like like when when Odin tells him quiet or silence, uh, when he, when he tells him that, like, do you think that arrogance and and all the power, like, do you think that that would have been one of those like oh. Okay, so you're not really like like the Jesus perfect character. You're just like you said, just kind of that that god like just very unrelatable, just kind of big brute kind of character that just walks in, but there's still flaws. Like do you think that he needed yeah, to be so relatable yeah. that we had to see like him learn that journey this early on? Or do you think that it could have waited a little bit further and like he like would have had to learn that at the very end of the film and that be the end instead of like because I feel like it spanned the entire film, and that was kind of the sub or the, the subplot to it. Do you think that it would have been different, or, or better, had it been different by like, hey, like you're gonna be this arrogant guy this whole movie, and then the last like little bit, you kind of it starts to click, like, hey, I I need to make this change, and then slowly over the next few films he's in to start to see that change. Oh goodness, you gave me a lot to think about right there. I, well, when you think about that, I think. I think that yes, totally. But like, 
it's it's funny that you kind of just laid that all out for us, Jordan. But like, he was a jerk, and he was young, and he was arrogant, and all he wanted to do was be the king of Asgard. And at the end of the movie, he finally realized he's like he realized, and he came to that realization himself that he wasn't ready, that he wasn't quote unquote yes. worthy. And yeah. So like, but when he finally starts to get his act together, you know, even in the dark world, it's like, oh. He starts to lose stuff and things start going wrong. Jane gets sick and then, you know, here comes Ragnarok, you know, well, I'm sorry, his mom dies um, in the dark world and then, you know, in Ragnarok, Odin dies and then Hela and, and, and all that. So, like, <laughs> it's just like as soon as he thinks that he's going to turn his life around and get it together, like, it's kind of it's kind of interesting you bring that up because, like, just because we get our lives together doesn't mean things aren't going to be hard. Yeah. Right. And like, and that's the same thing that happened to Thor. Like he, he started to get his life together. And just because that doesn't mean all of a sudden everything's going to be okay. Like he's not going to like go through struggles. Oh, absolutely. I just think about, I was just thinking about all of his arc throughout all of these movies. And I mean, it's kind of like what Freya told him in the end game. Like the, this life has kind of been thrust upon him to be like the next to the throne. And He's heard all these great stories about his dad and grandfather and all this about being like a great battle heart in general and a, a bad A, uh, more or less. And um, he thinks like that's probably why he's been so since a little since he was a little kid until his like early thou- uh, his I don't know his his first millennia or whatever. Yeah. Why he's been like so arrogant and been like oh like we got to fight we got to retaliate and all that stuff like that's pro- that's why he's acting like that. Because he thinks like, oh, hey, my dad did it. My grandfather did it. That's how we're going to do it. And had Odin not sent him to Earth and humbled him, he probably would have continued down that path. Or as we saw in What If, maybe like had parties and been like worshipped by everybody. And I mean, that's not a Thor I want to follow, <laughs> if I'm being honest with you. So like, I'm glad he kind of got humbled. And he still has like a few things of arrogance because, I mean, he, he's he got the he's got the, the hammer and the godliness to kind of back it up in those other movies. But like, he's still like, Oh, Hey, like the humans have like their own heroes here and they're doing their own, they're doing their own thing and they're doing some noble causes. But, uh, Iron Man's kind of being a, a jackhole over here. I'm going to grab him by the neck and go, why'd you idiot? We had this. So, yeah. um, <laughs> I want to pull back again to the casting of these. We had, like you were talking about, you've got, uh, Anthony Hopkins who plays, Odin. You have Chris Hemsworth who plays Thor. You had Frigga. You had, uh, uh, I mean, you had Loki. You had all these different characters, and not including Jane Darcy and even Doctor Selvig. All, like a lot of these people were in some big stuff, and they've created names for themselves outside of the MCU plus inside the MCU. Um, and so, what were your guys' thoughts on the casting? Was there anybody that you felt should have been recasted? Um, I know that there was one switch um, that we all. Uh, well, I hope we all enjoyed with uh, the Zachary Levi um, having him come Fun in. Fun fact about that. Zachary Levi was actually supposed to be in this one. But, but he had a scheduling conflict. Scheduling conflict. Yep. So they got the other guy. So they got the other guy. And then when they went for the second one, they, they fixed it. And then I think he was even in the third one, too, wasn't he? Like for just like that quick second or something like that. Killed him. Like, no, Zachary Levi. I know. I'm a big Zachary <laughs> Levi fan, too. And so but but did you guys like the casting for this film? Um, if there was anybody that you could switch casting, who would it be that you would switch and who would you switch into that role? If I could say I would switch anybody, I love Natalie Portman. She's a great actress, and, I mean, prequels be damned. <laughs> but she – I think we, we say this even about Rachel McAdams in the Doctor Strange movie. Like, some of these love interests get nothing to do. <laughs> like, she, I think she helps in the journey of giving Thor some redemption there. But I'm like, you could have given some new up-and-comer actress that same role. So then, like, later on when Love and Thunder does happen, it's like, oh, my God, like, what's she going to bring to this? She's already brought so much in this and – Dark world. Well, I'm gonna pu- she... I'm gonna push back on that a little bit. I think that this character, Natalie Portman playing this character, had more in her screen time than than Rachel McAdams did. Um, she had a, a bigger role than than what Rachel McAdams did. I think she brought some good life to it. Um, but I do agree. I think you could have put some young up and coming actress. You really you could have put anybody in this role. Um, you could put Tom Hiddleston in this role and he would have killed it because there wasn't like there's not a lot of Thor at one point. Yeah, I know. And (laughs) and so you go in and see some of this and it's not going to fit. And I don't I don't blame the actress 
for this. Um, I think Natalie Portman, I liked her as Padme in the Star Wars franchise. I liked her as Jane Foster. I think that the writing, because it was infancy stage for this character, and there wasn't a lot of, I mean, really, if you even look at it, uh, even Tony and Pepper, there's a very minute love interest uh, feel between them, but it's the relationship of the characters that's not necessarily the love aspect of a, a romantically involved interest as much as it is a genuine, sincere love for each other. Like, hey, you're my boss, but you're also kind of my best friend and, and you're someone I, I deeply care about. Where Jane Foster just met this guy and it's like, well, Pepper and Tony had been together for a long time. She'd been his assistant. Like, people knew, hey, the famous Pepper Potts. They say that in the first movie. Um, and so I think that that's why uh, Gwyneth Paltrow had a better role was because they kind of played it off like she had been around. They've had they have to have that chemistry where this is kind of the new relationship um, and they start to build onto that. And then by the time we see the dark world with Jane coming back, well, that's the next time that we see Thor literally come back and see her because they say, why haven't you called? Hey, why haven't you let me know? Oh, I was off world. Um, so I, that's the only pushback I'm given on that. Um yeah. Just, okay. Yeah. Maybe I was being unfair, but just, I mean, I think you guys even said it in another podcast. I don't know if I was there or not, but like that, like we haven't really truly gotten, maybe we'll get some more redemption for this love story in love and thunder, but I just, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. Just this. And even in party Thor, she's like, Oh, like you're hot. Like this, that's what it seems like. That's why she's willing to believe him. Cause it's, it's freaking Chris Emsworth. And then, it, it kind of like leads credence to like that. Oh, you're so beautiful. Like I'll believe anything you say. <laughs> Nonsense. I think Jamie Alexander said it already too. Like kind of was giving us some proto Wonder Woman vibes. And I also wanted to see some more of like that love triangle thing because like she obviously had the hots that, for Thor. Like, she's like friend role and like I mean they kind of leave some hints of that in the dark world. Like she's like giving her like evil side eyes. But like neither here nor there. But I'll let you and Micah take it for recastings and the cast. Micah, what'd you think? I don't know that I would have changed anything. I mean, that's honestly, fair. like, but like, you know, knowing what we know now, um, and you know, I Padme was not my favorite in Star Wars, but I think that she really grew up like as an actress. What I mean, like Natalie. Oh yeah, no, I, I see. I know what you're talking about. I just laughing because yeah. I think that you know you hit that one on the head. Like it's just a natural funny thing that you said. Yeah, uh, Anakin, you're breaking my heart. That's just not my not my jam. Um, <laughs> Micah, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> yes, I know. It's past my bedtime, so uh, <laughs> don't go breaking my heart. Um, I couldn't yeah, if I, I tried. That, uh, yes, <laughs> Natalie Portman like truly like stepped up her acting in these movies. I mean, oh yeah, I thought she did a great job. She I... continues to in these movies. I agree with that. I, I don't know that I would have changed anybody. Um, I think if 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 it could have stayed, I would have had Zachary Levi stick with all three movies. That way there just wasn't that, that switch in, in actor. Um but I don't know that I would have changed anybody else. I think that it was it was done well for the time that it was created and um I think that you know, we'll we'll see how things progress and move forward. Um what were your guys' thoughts with the destroyer? Um, I'm pretty sure we called it the Defender earlier, um, but it is the Destroyer. Um, what are you guys? I, I, I want to correct you, but I'm like, mm. <laughs> yep. I was like, I'm pretty sure I called it the Defender. No, it's the Destroyer. Um, so, what were you guys' thoughts on seeing the Destroyer with the fight? Um, did you think that that it was a good fight? Do you think that it was lackluster? Do you think that it? I mean, what what were your thoughts with that? Weak. <laughs> pretty weak uh i mean he just he gets destroyed and then he gets his hammer back and just whips house with it uh, i'm just like okay and it's like oh yeah you are thor okay so you weren't crazy and it's, and it's like in, in that fight scene like as we talked about all the different like uh villains and stuff in this movie when he finally gets his hammer back it's like literally three seconds and he's done <laughs> it's <so> yeah stupid. <laughs> it's very anticlimactic well i'm surprised that like <sighs> I we do had, feel like we're hating on this movie quite a bit, by the way. I just don't. Well, <laughs> that's not our intention at all. I think we're having a good discussion about it. I, I just think that, you know, we're in phase four. This is a phase one movie. And so we're able, I mean, we've had years. We've had it well over a decade to to sit back and watch this movie multiple times and to go in and say, hey, 
you know, this is things that I would change, but it's also been a decade, so it's it's going to be a little different. I think that what really is a big struggle for me is seeing and knowing that we had, in my personal opinion, I think we had a phenomenal end fight scene in Iron Man 2, where you have Iron Man and War Machine fighting all these drones, and then you get this one giant lackluster fight with the Destroyer, and, like, really, he, he cheap shots uh, Thor. Thor magically comes to life becoming worthy because, he I mean, he laid his life down for his friends, gets the hammer, turns back into Thor, the magic lightning heals all those wounds, and then, like you said, three seconds later, that Destroyer's done. And, I, I yeah, I agree. I think it was lackluster. Um, so that was that. But I'm glad well, we're all I mean, in unison like I, like there. I said earlier, that's that's the, that's the muscle, and the real fight was with Loki. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I think it was kind of like old school Batman vibes, where there's the minions that Batman has to fight and kind of like go through before he gets to the final boss. I I feel like or that's kind of what. Sword and or like the <laughs> for the Power Rangers. Or so the my last yeah. question that I have for you guys is: Do you feel like this movie stands well by itself, or is it more of a movie that? helped lay a foundation for future storytelling do you like is this a movie that you would be like hey let's go watch this movie if it weren't for prep for this episode or like is this like a go-to kind of movie is this a movie that you would just watch if you weren't like watching like avengers next or uh the dark world next or like would would you watch this movie just by itself i've i've watched it by itself like because i'm a big you know fan of Thor, but like it's similar to like what you guys have said with Captain America, the winter soldier, like your go-to movies, the winter soldier, right? Like, but for me, the Ragnarok is totally my go-to for, from the Thor movies so far, Ragnarok is just definitely my go-to, but for Thor, the original, like I would totally watch it. But to answer your question, um, Jordan, I think this movie just lays the foundation for who he is and definitely like leads into the future of like what he could be. Um, as a as a superhero, as an Avenger, as well, I don't even think it's just his foundation. I think he laid a oh, big yeah. multiversal uh, MCU foundation right there. I wasn't I, even done, but you, you got it. Like I, I, like Loki for crying out loud. Yeah, oh, <laughs> like how oh, much? Yeah, like one of my, my wife uh, is as big of a fan of the Marvel stuff as we are um, here at Nerd Talk, but she her favorite character she'll tell you is Loki. One of her favorite characters in the entire MCU is Loki. That's awesome. Because of, you know, just where where he's been, where he's going. Like, I mean, he's uh, had as much development was, as the heroes. Just, yeah, just Will about. was telling me, like, before we started recording uh, this episode, that, like, you know, look how young <laughs> he looks in the first Thor movie. I know this movie's over 10 years old at this point. But, like, <laughs> just look at how young he is. Look at his story then and look where he is now you know, going into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and then, you know, possibly with another season of Loki. Wait, there is another season of Loki. Yeah, yes, season two. There's another season of Loki, you know, coming out. And it's just incredible. Like, some of those Phase 1 movies, man, like, we, we just, we talk about it all the time. Like, it's Phase 1 where they got their start, but, like, look where they are now. And if it wouldn't have been for the, like, them, like, again, throwing a bunch of ideas against the wall and trying to figure out what was going to stick and what wasn't, like, who knows where we'd be? Well, I also think that they didn't okay. they didn't go in and try too too much different because they wanted it to be something that would would help sell. Like you like, hey, here's the model. We've done three movies. It's worked fairly well. Let's keep going with this. And I I think that you know they're they're gonna try some new stuff. And the longer it's gone, the more they're willing to try stuff. But I agree with that. Just throwing stuff and seeing what sticks. Go ahead, Will. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Most of the Phase One movies, they're all. I think they all, minus Iron Man Two, stand, and even arguably Iron Man Two could, if you just pop that in, it, it gives you just enough. Like, oh hey, Tony Stark went on this adventure, going. But most of them are all pretty much standalone adventures. You could watch this on its own. Do I seek it out? No. In, in fact, when I was getting the Blu-rays, this is the last one I got. And then <laughs> when I'd watch them, I'm like, oh, I gotta watch this. Okay. Let's po- let's pop it in there. It's like I said at the beginning of the podcast, that chip on my shoulder about all the girls want Chris Hemsworth. I'm like, you can have him. Chris Evans is my boy. <laughs> he gets Peggy Carter. You're not. You're just not the right dance partner. Ba boom. <laughs> uh, 
and I mean, you guys pretty much handled it all right there. I mean, if if, if this didn't happen, who knows if we would have even got Guardians of the Galaxy in Phase Two or yeah, something like yeah. Ant- or Doctor Strange and all that stuff later. Like, if they uh, they just had to get like the basis of Thor and make money with it, and it's like, oh yeah, we got this. And most of them are all pretty formulaic. Oh, we're gonna fight my almost our exact opposite in all of these movies, and then there's a few later installments that kind of do the same thing uh with some of their villains which is i mean that's fine that's 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 a marvel thing and uh, i mean if the formula ain't broken you're making money don't fix it <laughs> uh, i mean i would like them to fix it it'd be nice <laughs> and and for the most part they have here uh, in late phase three and phase four um so, but i'm not expect i wasn't expecting like them to get a 100 percent movie like the dark knight over here with this yeah just, if they handled it competently and uh, had it set up for the Avengers or God forbid, even if this was bad, if this, if this and the incredible Hulk were the only bad ones in there, it's like, Oh, Hey, like we'll, we'll team everybody up because watching this and now going into Ragnarok, how they essentially adapted world war Hulk. And now we're doing like the God butcher in love and thunder along with the Jane Foster story. I'm like what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think you have, if, to... if we were told our 2010 versions of ourselves that we'd be going nuts. Like, you're lying. Yeah, I think You're that when you look line. at some of this, if it weren't for Thor, we wouldn't get into space adventures in the MCU. We wouldn't be willing to take those risks. And I think that Thor was the original risk. Because, I mean, Captain America, I'll call this one like it is, it's a war movie. Um, and a lot of people love war movies. And it's an action-adventure kind of movie. Iron Man was an instant classic hit for the MCU. Incredible Hulk was... Uh, it, it, touch and go i mean it wasn't bad um in that time frame it was better than the hulk that had come out in 2003 uh but it wasn't this fantastic movie but it it wasn't bad it was kind of giving a good direction of very grounded superhero films uh things that we got started to get used to uh in that decade and i think thor started to branch out of hey maybe get a little bit of space adventure And, and like you guys said I don't know that we would have got Doctor Strange, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant-Man, getting into that more weird vibe, um, the the uncommon heroes, uh, and some of the uncommon stories that we now can do. I mean, my parents uh, just the other night called me up and said, hey, we need to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I'm like, did you guys finally watch it? They In 2022, they finally watched Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's been out since 2018. It's been four years. And they finally watched this movie. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. All right. Let's yeah. talk about it. And, like, they, they, they thoroughly enjoyed it. They loved it. They thought it was great. Do they, they listen to Nerd Talk? They no, they uh, – I think – my I don't know. If my mom and dad do, shout out to you guys. Um, <laughs> I don't think they do. Uh, I know my oh, dad probably doesn't. Dad. Uh. <laughs> but, they're, like, they're like, what's a podcast? Uh, th- no, they're, they're young enough that they know what podcasts are. But uh, I don't know if they listen to it. Um, but they they loved they loved Radio watching that, that and I don't know if we would have <laughs> stop it. Um, I don't I don't know if we would have gotten I don't know if we would have gotten to weird movies like Ant Man and the Wasp where we can go into the quantum realm um, or the microverse as it's called in the comics. I don't know if we would have got to this point had it not been for Thor, and that's that's a great thought uh, that you guys oh, and, had. And like if you think about it too, like back to the Phase One conversation, like Incredible Hulk. Captain America and Iron Man were kind of connected in a sense because like it was very much Stark Industries and like Captain America had that thing with well you know, Tony Stark's dad and, dad, and then Incredibly Hulk Incredible is the Hulk, same like, formula that went into Cap yeah and right. then going back to the comics uh, them the first meeting is them fighting Loki minus Captain America but they're just like oh hey we can we can add him in there it's fine so yeah. So it's 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 really cool the adaptations that we get to see and and how this all kind of takes place and I'm excited to to as we have two more films to discuss uh, in this this phase one series that we've been kind of going over I'm really excited as as we finally got to do this episode so guys thank you so much for being a part of this um, excited for the next one <laughs> yes I'm I'm stoked uh, the plan is before our one year anniversary we're we're gonna finish phase one um, so super excited about this. Guys, uh, if you are a listener, we thank you so much for supporting us. Go check us out on our TikTok channel, uh, Facebook. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're kind of all over the place. We post. Hashtag Will Wednesdays. Yes, hashtag, hashtag Will, Will Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Um, so make sure you go and check us out. We absolutely love doing this stuff. And so we will catch you guys here next time on Nerd Talk. Mm-hmm.